the one that we've been going over for the past three weeks out of Isaiah. It says, for, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And we're looking at, the, in this season, the names of Jesus and how they apply to us today. Isaiah wrote this hundreds of years before Jesus was even born. And so uh, we're, today we're going to be diving into Everlasting Father. So I want to ask before you take a seat today, go ahead and, and greet uh, the people around you. But before, if you need an icebreaker, let, ask them if they survived the snow thunder that took place this week. Um, if you've been tracking with us, somebody emailed me and wanted to know if I was outside in the middle of the night on Wednesday night. And the answer is no, I was asleep. But I did preach about lightning last week, and that was my mistake. So anyway, send out a few people that if you survived the lightning. I want to also welcome in our church online family who's joining us on the live stream as well. Um, I'm grateful to uh, those who are able to join us, whether it's uh, live on the live stream or later on in the week on our podcast or, or our YouTube. Um, Kimberly, they're already sharing their words uh, in, the, in the comments. Kimberly, yours was, was wonder. And so for those who are on the live stream, go ahead and comment and let us know what is your, uh, your word for 2023. We're getting ready to share ours uh, in, a, in a little bit. Um, I'm going to look at this everlasting father piece and in, in kind of how it relates a little bit into the, the, the Christmas story that we did talk about. Um, we talked about wonderful counselor, that, that we have God who is guiding us through his Holy Spirit um, in, in this mighty God. Last week, we talked about how powerful God is. But we also just talked about the struggle of trusting whether or not God, if God is all powerful, then why X, right? Why is this fill in the blank happening? And so if, if, if we really think that, we, we really wonder if he's, he's in control. And we talked about letting go of control last week. And that was my word uh, for 2023 was to let go. There's things in my life, if I want the blessings of God, I need to let go of control and start trusting God a little bit more. Today is everlasting father. And in this, I mean, yes, you have the term father, but if you look, kind of break that down a little bit, it's kind of like eternal father or a way like this, this, this Messiah that's coming is the father of time, the father of eternity. Uh, you know, we, Jesus described Satan as the, the, the father of lies, right? Jesus is the father of time. What scripture said about Jesus and his role in relationship with eternity? Well, just a few uh, examples. John 1, 1, all right? John says this, in the beginning, which also sounds very much like Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning was, and, and so there's no coincidence that John, when he's writing about Jesus, is making a bold, bold statement about who this guy Jesus is. 
But it, to make it even more clear, he's not mentioned any words here. In the beginning, the Lord already existed. The Lord was with God, and the Lord was God. And I highlighted the, the, the G there because that's important. It is not a lowercase G. It is an uppercase G, meaning this is God coming to earth. All right, Jesus is God. Big G. Make no mistake. Now, John gives us his Christmas story, a little bit different than the other eyewitness accounts that we have. We'll look at Luke and Matthew today. But here's John's Christmas story. So the Lord, in verse 14, the Lord became human and made his home among us. There it is. There's the Christmas story all wrapped up right in one sentence. He was full of unfailing grace and truth, and we have seen his glory and the glory of the Father's one and only Son. There's so much packed in there. I don't have time to go through it all, but man, grace and truth and the mess that that is to live in that tension between the two. I want to show grace, but I need to show truth. I want to show truth, but I need to show grace. And which one do we do? Do we give our kids a hug or do we let them know, hey, you screwed up. You need, you need a little discipline here. Grace and truth, right? Sometimes they need the hug. Sometimes they need the, they need the truth. But then as... As uh, we see in other scriptures, Galatians chapter 4, uh, Paul writes this. He says, but when the right time came, when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. I like some of the translations say, but in the fullness of time, at just the right time, that, that this God of eternity, this father of time, at just the right moment, Jesus came. Now that sounds fantastic, and I do believe that to be true, and there's evidence for why that was a great time for him to come. But if I'm Mary, and if I'm Joseph, the father of time could have had some better timing, right? Riding a donkey while, while uh, fully pregnant in the final term? I think if we're talking about the God of eternity, I think his timing's a little bit off. Not, not everyone might agree with, at just the right time, God sent his son. I mean, there was no room in the end. The timing seemed bad. They, they had to travel. There's some circumstances that, that you and I might face that we can look at in the Christmas story that we could say, you know what? This God of time has a pretty bad timing. He, he, he seems to uh, go at a pace. I, I, I think it might be a book or maybe it was a sermon title. Someone said, we serve a three-mile-an-hour God. God just goes at three miles an hour, which is about the pace of a normal walk, right? Which is what we tell people at Freedom Church. Hey, we want you to take the next step in your, of faith in your relationship with Jesus. Well, if I'm taking steps, the pace is about a three-mile-an-hour. We want it now. I want answers now. I want it fixed now. But we have a three-mile-an-hour God. It takes God forever to act suddenly. Been waiting for years for something to happen. Waiting, 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 waiting. And then, boom. Oh, my gosh, he showed up. It takes God forever to act suddenly. What we see 
in our time of waiting, in our time of discontent, in our time of, God, I need you here now, and why aren't you moving and doing what I want you to do, and all these sorts of things, you're the father of time, everlasting father. You're, you know, like, I, I believe it, but at the same time, let's go, let's go, let's go, come on, let's go. We got stuff to do. But we see very quickly, when you serve an almighty, all-powerful God, an all-knowing God, an omnipresent God, who's outside of time, really, this story is not about us. This story is not about you and I. Paul says this in Colossians. Christ, which is Jesus, is the visible image of the invisible God, which is a great description of who Jesus is. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Right? So Paul's leaving no doubt about the supremacy of Christ. He says, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things that we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. So, who created it? Not a trick question. Who created it? God. But through Jesus. Jesus created. Through God, Jesus. He's the one and the same. And he's making this correlation that through the beginning, from the beginning, that, that Jesus existed, he created, he's supreme overall. He made things that we can't see. Everything was created through him and for him. So it's not about you and I. You were created, not for yourself. The world was created, not for you. You were created to worship. Something. We all worship something, but you are created to worship the one and only eternal God. Now, in the, in the Christmas story, we have some people that are just going about their daily lives, and then they have to make a decision as they meet this eternal God. One is the, the magi, the kings, the wise men, right? We don't know if there was three of them. We really don't know um, how many they were. Uh, scholars would say they're probably not kings. Uh, leaders, maybe religious leaders, uh, thought of that they would be from Persia, which would be modern-day Iran, okay? And we see in Matthew chapter 2, they saw a star, and they start heading towards and following this star. It says, when they saw the star, they were filled with joy, and they entered the house, and they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him, and they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Most scholars would say this wasn't a, a, a short trip, all right? I don't know what they had planned for their time that day, all right? When they saw the star, they said, we need to go and follow that star. And if you're looking at modern-day Iran, it's about a 900-mile trip that they got to take. This is no small journey. This is Los Alamos to L.A., all right? Three miles an hour that they got to go and take this journey, all right? That probably wasn't on their plans. That probably wasn't on their agenda. You know what? what's interesting about these guys? We find that they follow stars. They, they weren't worshiping the Almighty God. They're looking at the stars and following it. Yet this is good news that God wants to be found, and he will use even things that aren't worshipful to him to try to get your attention to say, hey, 
I love you guys. I'm drawing you in. All right. I'm not saying go and practice sinful things and worship stars and all that sort of stuff. But we see this is good news that even though that they were off in a different world doing their own thing, God said, I'm, I'm choosing you. And they followed those stars and it led them to Jesus. And it led them to Jesus. That's good news. God wants to be found. Now, let me talk a little bit about freedom. You guys need to know some numbers, some cool things of what God, this God who wants to be found, what he's doing right here in this city in this time, in our presence. Just in 2023 alone, oddly enough, we have seen 23 responses to the gospel right here at Freedom Church, where people, we give, yeah, let's go. That's, that's awesome. Are you kidding me? 23. And in, in the work, Approaching six years, January 14th, our six-year anniversary birthday party coming up. We have had 98 people respond to the gospel in six years at Freedom Church. That blows my mind. We're two away from 100, which might happen today, but it's going to happen this year. I guarantee you, we're going to share the gospel at Christmas. People are going to give their lives to Christ, and we're going to celebrate like crazy. Heaven goes and has a party for one, and we've seen 98 in six years. Is that not incredible? Man, if you knew where we came from, you'd be like, oh my gosh, no way. It's awesome to see what God's been doing. This year, we've had eight baptisms, which is fantastic to see people take their next step of faith and say, you know what? I'm on team Jesus. Some of you all in the room, you've given your life to Christ. You haven't been baptized yet, but you're like, you know what? I think I need to do that. Well, let's do that. That's the next step of faith. This year in 2023, we've had 146 first-time guests walk in our doors as a first time just coming to check it out. That has a lot to say about not only this God that we serve, but I'm just saying what you do and welcoming and the culture that you create to this day and the inviting culture, because they don't come unless you invite. You invite and they come and you say, come sit with me. It's incredible to see that that many people have stepped foot in this gym for the first time just in this year alone to come and check it out. Uh, giving. This year, you guys, through your generosity, to our, just the general fund, not even talking about the Loveless House, just the general fund, $225,000 you have given just in this year alone, which is bananas. Bananas! That's crazy! And I, 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 we've had 20 first-time donors just this year who have come to Freedom and just for the first time have, have given. 10% of all of that goes into our Loveless Alamos Fund. That fund just this year has given away over $40,000 to local residents and, and, and community members just here in this, uh, just in 2023, over $40,000. That's awesome. And we haven't even had the Christmas offering yet, which we're going to give more. So if my numbers are wrong, I'll correct, correct them in the email later. But this is my quick look in this week um, on all of these things. When it comes to the Christmas services, all right, this does not just happen. On a typical Sunday, we have 20 to 25 uh, volunteer leaders who are making all of this happen between singing and production and setup and welcome and tear down and kids and the whole thing. Like, it's a big deal that you guys serve like crazy. And then we see God moving. As a pastor, I can't, it is so much fun to pastor this church because we're in it together. People understand the bigger picture, that this is not about us, like it says in Colossians, but this God of eternity is working through us for him and his glory. 
when it comes to our Christmas Eve services next week, we're we got there's a group, there's a team of like five or six of us that have been planning for the past couple months, and we got a checklist, and we're doing different things and doing that. But beyond the the team of five, there's going to be forty plus people within this church body serving next week, serving hot chocolate and different things, and we've got a packing party that's going on. Everybody's been playing a part, and I just all has to say, I want to say thank you. It excites me, but thank you for being a church that gets it. And I believe when you have a church that's seeking God, when you have a church that is taking those next steps of faith, when you have a church that says, hey, this isn't about us, but it is about going and reaching people and serving our community and loving our community, are we not shocked that God says, hey, I think I'm in on that and I want to work through that church? We've been seeing it. It's right in our midst. And, and it's a miracle to me what God is doing right in front of us. And I just want to give God honor to just say thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in our midst. Sometimes we don't see it. We don't understand the whole big picture. I, you know, I'm, I'm here at sir. I don't see all these other things that are happening. I'm just, trust me that there, God is moving in people's lives. It says... When they saw the star, even though they didn't know exactly what it all meant, that they were going to go follow it. And it said, when they saw the, the star, they were filled with joy. And that they, they were filled with joy is four Greek words that basically says, in, in, in like a direct quote, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. This means big, giant, humongous, ginormous, I'm excited overjoyed and filled with happiness and excitement and joy. They were happy for, I don't know, for some Christians, and like I'm looking at you, you're looking pretty good today, but let's be honest, sometimes we come in and we act like it's a funeral. We were mad, we're nitpicking, we're critical, like we have a Savior. We should be excited, and he's speaking, and he's moving. And he's using me. And he's using you. They were excited and pumped. You know, that? okay, let's go old school on that song. If you're happy and you know it. If you're happy and you know it. If you're happy and you know it, then you're, your face should surely show it. Show it. You can smile and be excited at church and laugh and have a good time. I realize, I now realize, we come in here sometimes. Life is just, it's life. We may not be filled with joy because we've been going through hell all week. That's why part of my, what I feel like as a pastor, when you come in here, even if you're feeling like crap, even if you made mistakes, even if you went and you caved on your addiction and you feel like there's no way I can come in there, they're just, you know, God hates me and all I want you to come because I'm going to give you some hope and encouragement. I'm going to step on your toes and I'm going to challenge you. But every time you step foot in here, you will be glad that you came because you serve a God who loves you and who has not given up on you. And it's my job to remind you of that. These guys took that step and they found Jesus. They're not the only ones in the Christmas story who had to take a step in order to go find Jesus. The shepherds that night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding the flocks of sheep. Suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared to them among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were afraid. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. All right, you're coming after Jesus. 
don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, the one you've been searching for. There's no one else coming. He's the one has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of the others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth to those whom God has pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in the manger. Real quick, shepherds, they were outcasts. They were dirty. They were unclean. They were away from the Jewish community. They were also kind of seen as shady. So when God makes his birth announcements, all right, he, he, he's making it to what is, this should be good news, to the outcasts. He's not going to the kings. He's not going to the high uh, authorities. And, no, he's going to like, in a way, the, the normal people and just saying, this is the announcement to them. Now, they have a choice. They were afraid. They were terrified. They also were on duty, right? They got a job. They get a word from God and they say, let's go. We, we got to go, which means risk, right? They're going to leave the flock. What's going to happen to the sheep? What's going to happen to my job? Whoever owns these flocks. Like, but they decide to follow anyway on the word that God has been given them. They had to let go of something in order to go find Jesus and be blessed in that season. They had the word, but they had to let go. And then, let's go. That's kind of the idea. Last week was like, hey, I got to let go. I'm trying to hold on. I'm trying to control. I think this is how it should be. This is how it should happen. But you know what's in inside of me is let's go, which means I got to let go of the things that are happening here. And when I do that, they had to go find out. Let's go, is what they said. Let's go and let's see. I have been seeking God myself, and we as a church have been challenged to, to go and seek God for a word in this season. Many of you, I believe you probably have something that God has spoken to you, but it is not enough just to hear that word and be like, here's the word. You got to go find out. They, they got the word that Jesus had been born, but they had to get up, get off their seat, and go find out. And when they did, just like the Magi, just like when Joseph had to let go of his dream, lean into God and find out if this thing was really true, when they got up to go find out, they found Jesus. Ask, seek, knock, and you will find. There's no bad time to go find Jesus. This father of time, walking three miles an hour, he'll take as long as it takes for you to finally understand that he loves you, that he wants a relationship. And for you today, maybe for that first time, I'm going to tell you, there's no bad time to jump on the Jesus train and go find Jesus. You're going to find him there full of love. 
full of truth, full of grace, mercy, and forgiveness. You are welcome at the table. Some of you, you've given your life to Christ, but you've walked, you haven't talked to God in a long time. I'm going to tell you something. There's no better time than right now to jump on the Jesus train. There's no bad time to go find Jesus. You're welcome back anytime at his table. This is the God of time who will take all of time that he can to just say, I love you, I want you. But you got to say yes. You got to get up and go find out. So here's what we're going to do. The worship team, they're going to sing a song. It's going to go for about five minutes. We're going to sing Oh Holy Night, one of my favorite songs. During that time, we're going to get up and move. You got options you can do. Nobody's forced to do anything. We have the Lord's Supper table right here. We got the grape juice. We got some crackers. This is the time to remember and understand, remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross. The whole reason that we have a relationship with God. Jesus paid for our sins on the cross. He shed his blood and his body for our sins, rose from the grave. We have victory. We're going to celebrate there. You have your cards here during this time, right up here. I'm going to ask that everybody would fill out your word and put it in there. You will take this anytime in the next five minutes on your own. You can take it at your seat. You can take it up here, but that will be part of your worship time. And then when we're done singing, we're going to have a time of testimony. We're going to share our words and God is just going to encourage us to bless. So I'm going to ask that we'd stand. I'm going to pray. And then when I say amen, that's break huddle and we, we go and we move. Lord's Supper, giving, give our checks, give our offerings, and we'll prepare to share our word. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this time and this moment, this service that we have each year to just give honor and glory to you. This isn't about us. We were created for you. So, Father, I just pray today as we remember you through the Lord's Supper, I pray today that as we give testimony to our word or our God sightings in this year, what you're doing, what, as, we, as we give of our offerings and what you've given back to us, Father, I just I want to say thank you in advance for what all you're going to do through this. You're going to touch lives. You're going you're gonna to reach people. Next week, people's lives are going to be saved. Families are going to be restored. People are going to be healed. God, you're already at work. We're so grateful that we get to play a part in it, to get to witness the miracles that are taking place. It's so much fun. So, Father, may this time just worship and honor you. May you get the glory. We pray that in Jesus' precious name. Thank you Amen. again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you wanna partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's gonna get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.